Life Audio. Faith Over Fear is brought to you by Life Audio and is part of our Faith Toolkit series. For more inspirational, faith-affirming podcasts, visit us at lifeaudio.com. Welcome to the Faith Over Fear podcast, where we attack our most pervasive fears with truth, because life is too short for any of us to live enslaved. At Holy Love Ministries, we're passionate about helping people discover, embrace, and experience God's freedom. If you're an event planner, our speaking team would love to come speak hope, freedom, and inspiration to your women. Contact us through our website to learn more. And to all our listeners, we would love to connect with you online. Just visit our show notes to learn how to connect with us. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. I'm Jennifer Slattery. And I'm Carol McCracken. And we both know what it feels like to battle the fear and the discouragement that can come after making a huge mistake. And I suspect you do as well. We've all done things we wish we hadn't. And living in a broken world full of broken people, many of us have probably experienced rejection after our mess ups. And we can come to expect this not just from others, but from God as well. Deep in our soul, we may have come to believe the lie that our sin is or was greater and than God's grace, and therefore that God will reject us because of it. Isn't that the truth? I've done that a couple of times, sometimes without excuse. But I think I'm going to start this one out with a little thing that grew. When I was young, probably 17 or so, I don't know you about you, Jennifer, but I thought I knew everything <laughs> at the age of 17. <laughs> and I was very young, and I went off to college, and... I decided that my parents weren't there so I could do whatever I wanted. Ah. So I did. <laughs> <laughs> I learned that there was nobody that was going to tell me, get in at a certain time, Carol. I learned also that to eat well makes one feel well, like you don't want to be eating pizza every night or you can get that famous freshman 15, 20, whatever. All of that's a little stuff. But I kind of deviated from church, had no reason to. I grew up in a home where really nothing went wrong. I had married parents. I went to church faithfully each Sunday. I liked church. I liked youth group. But when I got to college, I didn't want to do that anymore. And I didn't go. And I fell away. Didn't discuss scriptures. Life was far too exciting. And there were Many, many things that I would have rather do. And that continued on embarrassingly more than I would like to say. 
until I married and I thought I need to take my husband to church. And so I went to our local church with my husband. I was pleased to show him off and we're singing. And the next thing you know, my husband's going, why are we singing about being wretched worms? (laughs) We're here today. (laughs) So I thought, wow, I never thought about it that way. And so he wasn't totally enthused about the particular church we were in. So again, we strayed away a little bit and straight away. And my mother would say things like, hey, how's church? Knowing full well what the answer would be. And finally, she came to visit us and she said, y'all, let's just try out a church down the road. Come on, let's just check it out. What's it going to hurt? And it was perfect timing, really, because I was pregnant. And since I was pregnant, I thought, you know, I need to offer this child what I had. Let's go check out the church. And of course, mama always being right, wasn't right. It was the perfect church. And all of that to say is I really strayed. I had no reason to. And I really strayed. And I felt more comfortable being at home and back in church and involved. And mama was right. It really hit me your phrase when you talked about how really it sounds like what kind of drew you away for a while was that phrase being a wretched worm which is a misunderstanding of grace, right? Like it was hearing that <laughs> there was no grace is, is how I would maybe, which is false, but is how I would interpret that. And and your husband's like, I want nothing to do with graceless religion. I mean, is that accurate? That is exactly what it was. It's funny you picked up on that because those were pretty much his words. He's wow. Like, you know, what's happening here? This is like cruel and black and white and we're here. And why are we receding this? So Yes, it was definitely a misunderstanding of race. Yeah, and I think we can do that. Just like we I mentioned in the opening, we can misunderstand or really not understand the depth of God's grace. And, and to our listeners, if you've been following our series of episodes on Abram's faith journey, or if you're familiar with biblical history, you might remember his massive sin in Genesis chapter 12. Afraid that some lust-filled man might kill him and take his beautiful wife, he, in essence, he betrayed and he abandoned her to another man, to a powerful man, the Pharaoh, who saw her, who lusted after her and had her brought to his palace to make her his. In my mind, as a female, that would have been, that is unfathomable abandonment and betrayal. But God intervened in a powerful way, after which Pharaoh released Sarah and, in essence, kicked Abram and his clan out of the land. And Carol, I wonder, would you mind reading what happened next. I'll be happy to. I'll begin with chapter 13, verse 1. So Abram went up from Egypt to the Negev with his wife and everything he had. That really was one of the good things about leaving. I just want to point out because though Egypt ends up being a waste of time theologically, they left with some riches because Pharaoh was like, take this, get out, go. And so they left with possessions. Getting back to the verse, and Lot went with him. Verse 2, Abram had become very wealthy in livestock and in silver and gold, as I mentioned. From the Negev, he went from place to place until he came to Bethel, to the place between Bethel and Ai, where his tent had been earlier and where he had first built an altar. There Abram called on the name of the Lord. What does that mean? Called on the name of the Lord. 
he prayed, he worshiped, he... Yeah, that's powerful. I do want to interject. I want to pause because I know you have been teaching on Genesis for a chunk of time. So <laughs> yes. as the leader of Holy Love Ministries, just put a pin, a note pin in your brain. You'll have to lead one of our, maybe bring some of that to our online support group. I think they would really, especially if they're going to follow this series. But I do want to say before we really get too far talking about what Abram did and what happened after, what he did was horrific. He should have protected well, Sarai, I called her Sarah, her later name earlier, but he should have protected her. And I mean, we know by Pharaoh taking her, he wasn't taking her to, he wasn't wanting to have tea with her, right? Like we know this was a huge betrayal. And so we might, we might have trouble understanding how he could ever receive grace, but grace in and of itself is unexplainable. And, yes. and God's grace is infinite and it doesn't cut us off. Instead, what I see in this, this passage of scripture and then just following his story, God's grace always invites us to come closer. Like you said, that's what Abram did. He went back to God. He went back to where he had seen him be, or even after everything that he did, he knew he made a mistake. He knew he made a big one. So what do you do when that happens? That's actually a huge question because he could have responded in two different ways. He could have hid from God. He could have avoided him and kind of just gone further and further away and and into sin and kind of following himself, or he could turn to God. And instead, he didn't give in to his shame. If you felt shame, I don't know. But he he turned to God. Like you said, he turned to the altar. And and I love that you mentioned he prayed to him. He he connected with God. And I know in scripture, altars often they symbolized or commemorated a personal encounter with God. And so I, I think he's thinking like, okay, I encountered God before the famine, before my fear, before this big mess up. God was there in his fear anyway, but sometimes we can't feel God when we're afraid. That's right. In our humanness. Because we returned to where he had personal, a personal encounter with God. And, and like you said, call them the, and the name of the Lord, a euphemism for worship, for prayer, for trust. And I, that is just such a great, I think, asking ourselves, like we can go one of two ways too, right? When we mess up. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to call out their mistake. What do you do with it? You feel bad enough. Do you want to avoid it? Do you want to hide from it? Do you want to deal with it? Do you want to risk rejection? You know, what if God doesn't take him back? He had no way of knowing. But I think God was also teaching him in this relationship, too. Abram was, to your point earlier, he's building trust. You've got a relationship takes two. And so Abram's got to deal with his fear one way or another. And I think he's kind of courageous going back to where he met God before. Absolutely. And here's the thing I've often wondered about Abram, because we don't know. We don't know what the depth of his relationship with God was. We don't know how well he knew God. Like, was he just discovering who God was? And then through this, he's like, wow, God, you took me back. Your love. I love what you said when we were talking previously about Abram's journey. And Mm -hmm. you talked about how God loves us all there is all the time. I love, I love that phrase, Carol. (laughs) Thank you. It meant something to me. I, I wish that I could say that I made it up, but somebody told me that and it stuck with me. And they're like, right now, Carol, God cannot love you any more than he loves you at this moment in time. And if you think about it, that means he loves me all there is. I mean, can you imagine that? There's nothing that I can do or say to make 
God love me more than he does right now. And that's never going to change no matter what I do. Amen. And God loved Abram with that same love. Amen. His altar moment. It reminds us that our failures don't have to be fatal or or final with Christ. We can, I think we must bounce back. And I think we see that in Abram's story as well. And also that his sin didn't negate God's blessing. I think that's really important as well. Thank God. That's kind of how I felt going back to church. It's like, Lord, I've misbehaved atrociously. I have no excuse for being lured by the things that lured me away. But yet my home at that church was still there and I was welcome. I became active. My husband became active. And in fact, you'll love this. My son became so active that when his babysitter took him to her church for vacation Bible school, he said, no, ma'am, God lives at my church. (laughs) So that's adorable. That's adorable. (laughs) But the point is, we I can at least say I went back to where I had relationship with God before And I'm not necessarily talking about the brick and mortar church. I am talking about the local church at that time. So that's kind of where Abram went, you know, with his altar. Where was God? Well, had an encounter at that altar. Why not go there and find him again? Yeah, yeah. When I also think you mentioned a couple of times, I don't remember how you phrased it, but that that idea, maybe some people have heard the word repentance and yeah. and we, we can kind of think, well, what does that mean? Does it mean we're sorry or basically repentance just means you turn around. And so Abram was in Egypt. He turned around and he went back to God. So we're not advocating remaining stuck in our sin. Yes, God loves us even when we sin, but our right. sin, our sin does hinder our intimacy with God. But the right. minute we turn back back to him. He said, if you confess your sins, scripture says, if you confess your sins, which basically means to admit them, to say, hey, yeah, God, I did sin. That's what it means to mm-hmm. confess. It was a sin. The minute we do that, scripture says he forgives us of our sin. And I love this part, Carol. And he cleanses us of all unrighteousness. And I have to remind myself of that because I have a tendency, even though, so here's my lie, and I know it's a lie, but I know I still react on it. I have a tendency to think, okay, God, you You spoke words of kindness and love here because I was obedient in this moment. I was loving in this moment. But here I'm battling bitterness or I just, you know, I just did something. And therefore, that favor, that blessing is gone. And I have to remind myself, no, I'm just going to confess to you right now. Lord, I was prideful. Forgive me. And I am just like, it's like he takes this big douses me. I want to say with grace. But if you just think of like a shower of grace, it's like every inch of darkness, every inch of sin is instantly washed away. You are clean. Yeah. And that that's hard when, you know, sometimes we're harder on ourselves than God is because God immediately, he, he doesn't bring it up again. We sometimes keep bringing it up and bringing it up. Oh, God, I did that that time. We've already been forgiven for it. Why are we going back to it? Yeah. I want to fit on this a minute because sure. we can train our thoughts to ruminate on past sin and, and on our shame, which only makes that thought channel go stronger Or we can say, I'm going to choose whether I feel it or not, whether I think I'm worthy or not. I am going to choose to believe what God said is true. I'm going to choose that his grace was sufficient. I'm going to choose that the cross did what Jesus said he did. And I am going to choose to tell myself that every time that lie pops up. I love that. I wonder if Abram did that. 
I don't know. Yeah. Did he let it go with that moment? Could he let it go with that moment? Or how bad did he feel? Look what he did with his wife. I'm sorry, but if I was her, I'd be sad. (laughs) I'm sure we don't really have time to go into this, but I'm sure there was still relational damage that had to be repaired. No, I mean, so God can forgive us in a minute and he does in an instant. But sometimes we still have a mess to clean up and he will be with us. Yeah. And he'll be with us as we clean up the mess. But we still have to kind of walk, keep walking it out. And Carol, I would love actually for us to close on the idea and the reminder of of God's love, his infinite love and his grace. Would you mind closing us in prayer? I'd be delighted. Your Lord in heaven, you tell us that you are love. Help us to believe that in first dawn, you have him separating truth and lie for the readers of that book. And Lord, Help us to believe those words that you are the very essence of love. No matter what we do, no matter what we say, there is nothing that can separate us from your love. You want none of us to perish, Lord. And love is so much more than a feeling. It is also an action, Lord. And we willingly receive that. Help us to accept that. And in your gracious name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, to our listeners, thank you for listening. I hope these truths that we are discovering in Abram's story, I hope they encourage you to rise up from whatever mess your sin or your mistakes have caused to turn to God and to follow however he leads, knowing he will never reject you, but will always welcome you close in love. If you haven't already done so, make sure to subscribe to this podcast. Then you won't miss a single episode. And we've got some great discussions coming up, including with musician Blessing Offer, who you might remember from his song, Brighter Days, and one of my favorite Bible study writers and presenters, Kelly Minter. We also encourage you to rate this podcast. That helps others to find it, and it encourages our team as well. And make sure to share it with your friends. Maybe invite them to talk through the discussion questions provided in our show notes. Until next time, may you live as one who truly has been set free. Faith Over Fear is a production of Life Audio and Salem Media. If you liked what you heard today, please take a second to rate and review this podcast in your favorite podcast app so that more listeners like you can find the show. For more faith-filled, inspirational podcasts, visit us at lifeaudio.com. Hey there, it's Carly Mercouli, your host of Therapy and Theology, a weekly podcast that explores popular topics and questions related to faith, feelings, and spiritual formation. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com.